0: Right, this interview is a wild one. This interview is with a gentleman by the name of Larry Colmus. So, a fun fact about myself and Larry Colmas. so about six to eight months ago, by the time you're hearing this, uh, Larry Colmus and I had a conversation about him coming on a podcast I was going to start. I won't say the name because I kind of maybe I still want to start it again. Who knows? We got this one going, so it's all amazing. Um, I, I invited him on this podcast. I was going to call it "Burning Questions" with Adam Lopez and ask a bunch of silly questions and things like that. Um, to guess who had i guess 15 to 20 minutes free to talk to a nobody like myself but uh you know so things have pivoted and I, we started the Instagram live show and I, I dropped him a line and I said hey Larry uh would you want to come on the show and uh you know and kind of uh I could ask you some questions about the derby and your and your kind of uh your your rise to fame as a uh, as an announcer for NBC Sports and starting uh you know starting at the very bottom and he walks us through th- th- this incredible journey as to how um That's how he called his first race, how his father wanted him to be in the mix, uh, essentially as kind of setting up state fairs and things like that. And, uh, you know, he really walks us through every detail of it, you know, and as a big horse racing fan myself, I'm forever grateful uh, to kind of peek behind the curtain and see what he's doing and kind of see how he's grown as an announcer. This year is his 10th year announcing the Kentucky Derby. And, uh, that's my little Larry Coleman impression right there on the back end, if, uh, if you're paying attention, but, uh, you know, it, it's been terrific and he's been an amazing individual and he's been someone who I was looking so forward to. I got a, we, we did a Q and a at the end of this, uh, episode 43, I think it was, we did 44 episodes, episode 43, I did a live Q and a about who was, who was, uh, who I was the most nervous to interview. And, uh, and it was Larry Colmus. you know, I had a, had come on the show. I was running a little bit late that day. So, uh, if you don't know, when we did the Instagram live show, uh, I write this little monologue of two to three silly news stories, and uh, you know we shout out the sponsors, and they're all terrific, and you know. So I was running a little bit late, so I think I started at 8:03. So when you start late, you already know you're you're kind of under the gun, you know. So you're already not really settled. You're already kind of you know in disarray a bit. So I was like, oh my god, this is the most the interview I'm the most excited for. I cannot be in disarray right now. So sure enough, I started at 8:03, and everything was kind of uh, kind of nuts, but. When I brought Larry in, there was this sense of of calm that came over me. And, uh, you know, it was once I kind of found my way in the pocket, I was like, OK, th- this is awesome. You know, he Larry is such an amazing interview because you kind of give him the questions and he runs with it. He has uh, su- such a, an iconic voice, such a booming voice. Uh, you know, he could he could read War and Peace to me and I'd, I'd be satisfied with it. But Larry Comis uh, was an amazing get for us. And I, I'm forever grateful uh to him for coming on the show and uh he's one of my favorites you know and i think he'll go down in history in the history of horse racing uh as like i said before i'm one of the biggest fans of the kentucky derby on the planet and uh it's been amazing and i'm so fortunate that he came on the show and was able to chat with us so without further ado here is the man the myth the legend uh happy 10th anniversary larry on september 5th um for announcing the kentucky derby um without further ado ladies and gentlemen larry colmas Ah, there he is. What's <laughs> up? Hold on one second. Need my in so I
1: can hear you. There we go. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine.
0: Terrific, terrific. How you been? How's everything?
1: Everything is great.
0: Very nice. Very. Now you're you're not in Maryland anymore, right? You're in. Uh... Where are you located now?
1: I'm in New Jersey.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, Very sure. nice. I know it's a bit hectic down there, given the whole uh, whole current situation.
1: Yeah, it's been a little bit crazy here, but uh, my area where I am isn't too bad. So. Uh more like north jersey i'd say it's been a little worse than here and but we're, we're hanging in there yeah i hear well i
0: appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to come chat with us tonight so we'll get we'll get right into it uh larry Colmes, uh horse caller of uh, one of the best callers in the business uh one of the most iconic voices in all sports uh does, does the preakness belmont stakes kentucky derby for nbc sports and we're happy to have him. so what led you to getting into race calling how does one get to f- go down this career path
1: yeah, it's a it's a, a weird path, for sure. There's not too many of us around there. Uh, for me, personally, uh, I grew up in Maryland, and my uh, my father was the sound man that put in the sound system at the Maryland State Fair at Timonium. Okay. And uh, he brought me to the track, and uh, he wanted me to, you know, work for him, but he found out pretty quickly I was mechanically incompetent. So... Uh, <laughs> It, it it made sense that uh, i try something else so i fell in love with horse racing absolutely loved everything about it and decided hey this is what i want to do and uh, just started calling races and into a tape recorder uh because really okay you know, <laughs> yeah the, the guys up in the press box kind of gave me a place where i could practice calling races and i would call uh, you know as many as i could into a tape recorder in and, and a little room in the press box uh and then one day they said hey uh you're doing pretty good at this. You want to try it for real. And I called my first race when I was 18 years old. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Well, what was called your first race like? My gosh. <laughs> you know what? And this is crazy because race announcers are trained to forget because you have to remember a new set of horses every half an hour. That's but true. I will never, I'll never forget that one. So it was uh, a horse named Tiara's Flame won the race. It was June 5th, 1985 at Bowie Racetrack in Maryland. And uh, the winning jockey was Alberto Delgado. Uh, the trainer was a Hall of Famer named King T. Leatherberry. And uh, my binoculars were shaking as much as you could possibly imagine. I just wanted to try to get through it. And uh, that, was the whole, uh, that was the whole idea and uh, I survived. And I remember the, the second or third race I called didn't go nearly as well. And uh, I remember I went to uh, the, the, uh, the, the publicity director at the track, uh, he was sort of my, uh, my boss and they had let me call one a day and I was 18. And, and they said, uh, you know, I, I went into him. I said, Hey, I really messed up that call. If you guys, you know, if you don't think I'm, I'm ready for this, I can understand that. And, and he, uh, he basically said, you didn't say the F word. Did you? <laughs> and I said, no, I, I didn't. And he said, well, that was fine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. So I, I've always, uh, heeded that advice ever since.
0: There you go. Now we've started with the first race. Now, what's been your favorite race to call? I know you've called dozens, dozens of them. What's been your favorite race to call?
1: Uh, well, there, there's, there's, no doubt that for me it was when American Pharoah won the Triple Crown at, at Belmont Park back in uh, 2015, the first Triple Crown winner in 37 years, and I'm the lucky guy that got to call that race, and uh, it it was absolutely amazing uh, that that day, the electricity of uh calling a a triple crown, something that had never happened in my life well not my lifetime, but as as far as me being involved in racing, it was just incredible. Uh and uh so you, you gotta think that that would be number one. Uh but anytime you get to call the Kentucky Derby uh is just super special because that that is the race. Uh and it, it it's uh the the level of excitement of calling the Kentucky Derby is like nothing else. And the nerves that come with it are, are not a whole lot of fun either.
0: I mean, there, there's only millions of people watching it, millions of dollars on the line. You know, so you, right. know, you got it. Um, now, I was going to say, um, as far as far as that situation now, speaking of the Derby, walk us through a day. What's, what's, what's the day like in the Derby? Like, you're thinking, you get there and how does everything kind of unfold? And uh, we'll kind of go down this rabbit hole.
1: Well, pretty much uh, Derby Week, which normally would be the first Saturday in May, except this year for yeah, know, and this year just doesn't count. It's going to be September the fifth. We hope it's, mm-hmm. it's scheduled to be that way. Uh, but uh, I get to th- I get there on Tuesday, usually of, of Derby Week, uh, and right away on Wednesday the meetings start. We're we're not, meeting after meeting. We always joke about how many meetings we have with the NBC <laughs> crew trying to you know, put the show on the air and there's so many people involved. And I, I'm just, you know, I, I, I have to go to this meeting. All I have to do is call the race. Just to, When the starting gate, uh, you know, opens, that's when I start. And when they hit the finish line, that's when I stop. <laughs> so, Pretty much. I know my, my end of the job, but I like to go to the meetings to find out, you know, what all the backstories are. And so, uh, but as far as Derby day itself, you get there, I get there usually about nine o'clock. They pick us up. A bunch of us from NBC get in a van. Uh, they they ship us to Churchill Downs uh, from the hotel, and it all starts. Uh, we have our our morning meetings, and I'll I'll never forget my first Kentucky Derby when you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, you know, like Bob Costas walks in, <laughs> and I I'm just like you know, kind of overwhelmed. This was this was nine years ago. Now I'm sort of used to it, but yeah. But back then, like the you know, he, he walks up and. He says, "I know everyone in this trailer except for you. You must be Larry." I'm like, "Yep, that's me. That's you know, me. Yeah." I should have said, "And who are you?" But I was yeah. slow on the draw and that. That would have gone over for- He's a pretty sarcastic guy. He would have liked that. But, uh, but anyway, that was uh, you know that that's how that goes. And it, and from the end of the meeting, I head upstairs to my perch, uh, and it's pretty much just me and my my sound person there uh, that are, that are together. And we, uh, I've got to arrange my phone a little bit. There okay. you go. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know, and I've, I've got everybody in my ear, the show and the producer and the show in my ear. And, uh, we have a few races before the Derby to get, you know, get everybody get caught up. And, but, uh, when the, uh, you know, basically I listened for Mike Torrico to say, now let's go <laughs> to Larry Colbus for the call. And it's all me at that point. And, well, don't mess it up.
0: Yeah, is there? Is there? You've done it so many times. Are there nerves still, or are you just uh, you're a pro at this point?
1: Still the nervous? Kentucky Derby, they'll they'll always be nerves. Yeah. In fact, the 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 fellow that called the Kentucky Derby for NBC before me, Tom yep. Nurkin, that's Durkin, that's why yep. he stopped doing it uh, because what do you he mean? he had uh, a lot of anxiety issues. Oh. Uh, okay. With that, and his doctor and him said, "Hey, this is this this is no good. You know, we we can't we can't have that." And uh, so anyway, he. Uh, he said no more, and and uh, they called me, and uh, that's I'll never forget when I got that phone call. That was, what does that feel like? Yeah, <laughs> that that's a great story. Uh, so I was at the time the announcer at Gulfstream Park in Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a quiet April afternoon, not much going on, and my phone rings in the announcer's booth, and the guy says, uh, "Is this Larry?" I said, "Yeah." I, he said, this is Fred Godelli. I'm the uh, producer for the Triple Crown for NBC Sports. We want to talk to you about uh, calling the Kentucky Derby for us. And uh, so the first thing I thought of is, what jerk friend of mine is playing this joke on me? <laughs> you know because you know there, it's too Tom, good to be true yeah right there's no way and Tom Durkin had not announced that he was stepping down so I had no idea yeah. nobody had any idea and then all of a sudden you know these guys called me and the next thing you know I'm on a plane to New York and meeting them at Rockefeller Center and uh you know and having this having this you know discussion about calling the Kentucky Derby and and I remember being in Fred's office and this guy comes walking in the, the back door of of his office, and Fred is also the the producer for Sunday Night Football. Okay. So The guy comes in, and I'm I'm looking like that's Dick Ebersol, the head of NBC Sports. And so he comes in, and he says uh, to to Fred, uh, you know, everything all right? He goes, Yeah, this is Larry. You know, we're we're bringing him into to my phone keeps sliding for some reason. You're good. We're, bring, <laughs> we're bringing him into uh, to talk about you know, talk to him about maybe taking over for Tom Durkin. And and he says, oh, okay. Says, so, but did you see the Sunday night football schedule came out? We got this game. We got this game. And it was football, football, football. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this guy has no interest in me whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of sitting here. So, he, so Ebersole leaves the office. And then he turns around and he says, hey, Larry, do you believe us now? <laughs> and so – the whole thing was a setup, you know. So uh, it was, it was, he actually did go there to see me, and okay. uh, and so they they called me that night and said, "Hey, welcome to NBC Sports. You're in." And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, now, pretty, was pretty cool.
0: Was that always the goal to to get to that level? You know, throughout your announcing career.
1: You know, at the at the beginning, your goal is to just get a job. True. and, uh, and I never imagined that something like that would happen that I would be the guy that got to call the triple crown. Uh, but it did. And, uh, and I've been doing it. This, this Kentucky Derby coming up will be my 10th. It's hard to believe that I've been doing it that long. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a blast Uh, there's nothing like, there's nothing like the Derby that, you know, I, I don't enjoy the, the angst and the nerves that go with it, but at the same time, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't switch with anybody, you know, when they leave the, the gate, those 20 horses and, and you know, you're the guy that is calling this race for network television. It's, it's pretty darn cool.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now that's an emotional, day. Derby day, of course, we aren't just emotional from everyone else there. It's, you know, it's a culmination of, you know, thousands of hours of work and things like that. You know, and I was, I was always, I've never been to the Derby myself looking to go soon, hopefully, if it still kind of bounces back from all this. Now, what is it like when, you know, when, when you have, you know, I think it's 150,000 people there singing uh, my old Kentucky home. What is that like? <laughs>
1: It's a really good question because when I, when I first started calling the Derby, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that, that grew up a racing fan. So I would watch the Kentucky Derby on TV, and when they would play my old Kentucky home, I'd get chills. You know, yeah. I'm like, this is, they're, they're coming on the track for the Derby. So I, I thought about this in advance. I said, you know, I can't listen to this. You know, and, and so when they came onto the track for the Kentucky Derby, I ripped off my headset. <laughs> And did not listen to my old Kentucky home at all. I would not listen to it. I just said, I, I was looking at the horses, studying them, because what we have to do is memorize all the silks the jockeys wear. Now, for the derby, I've been doing this for weeks. So yeah, of those course. So horses are like my best friends, you know. <laughs> so I, I'm saying all their names in my head and, and out loud, you know, in the room to myself. And uh, while I'm doing that, I, I keep saying to myself, ignore the song, ignore the song, ignore the song. Ignore the song. <laughs> And then I finally hear the cheer go up, which means the song's over. I'm like, okay, headset back on, everything's okay. Now I can actually listen to my old Kentucky home and enjoy it. So I've gotten to that point at least. (laughs) That's Uh, how you know you're a pro at this point, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at least I can do that. But uh, I I still need uh, Ambien the night before and (laughs) and just uh, just sort of get my my act together, you know, just for, for that those two minutes you, you work for months for those two oh minutes. yeah and uh, when they're up there there's no better feeling when those horses hit the wire and you know you didn't mess it up <laughs> and the kentucky derby <laughs> is over it's 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 pretty cool
0: now what, what was it like uh, you know last year was an incredibly controversial year uh, maximum security and uh, yeah. country house
1: what was it like for you were you waiting there like what the heck's going on that's a that's a funny story what happened in in my case so when the race went live I really you know didn't see the interference that mm-hmm. happened and because of where that where it happened it was tough uh, watching through binoculars which is how I'm watching mm-hmm. the race I'm not watching it on on the monitor I'm watching through binoculars for the most part mm-hmm. um so I'm in the room outside of my booth which is where the chart callers all, are all hanging out and and I said well, what's the deal you know who's is there an objection? He says, "Yeah, the second horse is claiming foul against the the winner." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." So oh, all right. Yeah. I watched a couple of the replays. I'm like, there's nothing there," you know, because the, the horse that finished second was not the one that was interfered with. Mm. So I didn't realize that other horses were interfered with because they hadn't shown that shot yet. So I said, "I'm going back down to the trailer." So I, I took the ten <laughs> the ten minute walk back down to the trailer. <laughs> And when I got down there, there's one person in the, waiting in the trailer because everybody else is still on the air. Yeah, uh, and it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. I was going to say that because I've heard that in it, another interview you did.
0: What was yeah. that? Must've been
1: wild. <laughs> so, uh, so they still hadn't made a decision yet. And so he he says, "Well, how rare is it that they would disqualify a horse in the Derby? it's, it's never happened ever, yeah. you know. And and uh, I said, you know, I asked him. I said, "Do they disqualify you guys? How does that work? And he says, "Nah. Since they would just fine us a whole lot. You know, so <laughs> if we did that. But sure enough they disqualified him and after watching the replays, I thought they made the right call actually. I think they they did the right thing. Very right. it's tough to be
0: uncharted territory. It's something that's never happened before. You know, you're kinda yeah. like we're all gonna wait
1: and we've it. We have disqualifications them. all the time in racing, but not in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now calling a much different race,
0: uh, what was it like calling the Triple Crown Showdown, the first, I guess, ever digital horse race to be aired on network television?
1: That was pretty cool. Uh, we, we did it on Kentucky Derby Day. We had yep. uh, the 13 Triple Crown winners come together, uh, and I thought they did a great job with the video. It looked pretty it beautiful. Realistic. Yeah, it uh, did. And the crowd shots and the whole thing. Um, so they asked me, they, they sent me this equipment and said, uh, can you uh, call this? And so I did it live to tape. I actually called the race on Friday, and they aired okay. it on Saturday. So I was one of the very few people who knew that Secretariat won. <laughs> that and, swore your secrecy. secrecy. Yeah. I think everybody knew he was gonna win. Kind of yeah, I was to gonna say come on. Secretariat, right? Yeah. So uh but uh, anybody that asked me, I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, they they knew I knew, but I, I couldn't say. Of course you couldn't say. Yeah, 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 Um now what what do you think
0: is down the pipeline in September? I know it's a bit uncertain, but you think it's gonna have the same pomp and circumstance and things like
1: that? It's going to be weird because it's in September, you know, it's just going to be a different feel. It all depends on whether they can have a crowd there, you know, if if they're allowed to, Uh, if they are, it's going to be great. I mean, it's, it's, it's the Kentucky Derby and people will be out there, you know, wearing their, wearing their, uh, you know, jackets and ties and their dresses and their hats and the, you know, and all the, all the mint juleps will be everywhere. And if, if there's, they run it with no crowd. It's going to be the weirdest thing you could ever imagine. Because, I mean, normally there's so many people there, and you go from that to zero people. I, I, I just don't know what that would be like. I, I hope they can have a crowd. That would be that would be my preference. <laughs> you know, what yeah. that race just because it, it would just be wacky just to have you know 20 horses running around the track with 20 jockeys on them and, and nobody else around. It'd just be weird. You broke up yeah, a little say, there.
0: The energy level, I imagine, would be affected greatly if there's no crowd there. <laughs> it,
1: would, it wouldn't be any energy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. But I would still have it. Of course. It probably wouldn't change that much for me because I, I kind of, when the race goes, you're in your own zone and you, you don't even sense the crowd, really. <laughs> right, on.
0: right on. Now, we have this little questionnaire about how you've been handling quarantine, um, kind
1: of cooped up. What's been the food or snack in the house you've been, uh, you've been chowing down on? Uh you know I I I I wish I'd, my diet had been better I have just I at least been doing a lot of walking but I you know I I've noticed a lot of um, chocolate chip cookies uh, become pretty popular f- for me lately I've I've always liked them but avoided them until now which <laughs> probably I probably should should be avoiding them again pretty soon <laughs> What's been the, what's been the drink of choice uh, a combination of either uh, red wine or bourbon, which are usually what, what I go for. Uh, I, I actually, when, when we had the first Saturday in May and they, they were showing American Pharoah's uh, Kentucky Derby, yep. I was actually drinking a mint julep. I, was thinking, <laughs> well, I, I, I could never drink a mint julep normally, so let's do it now. So, <laughs> you know, you uh, have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah. so, but usually, red. I'm, I'm a red wine guy, um, so that's that's generally what uh, has go-to. been. Yeah. There you go.
0: Very nice. Now everyone's kind of been cooped up talking about binge watching television shows and movies. What's been out in your place? What TV show or movie have you been uh checking out?
1: Uh lately I've been watching uh The Wire. Okay. Uh, and uh, I grew up in the Baltimore area and never did see the wire for some reason. Uh but I've been enjoying I've been enjoying that. I'm I'm on season five now out of six, so uh we've we've moved on to that and uh a whole lot of Netflix, you know, just been been going through uh, one show after another. Ozark, uh, man, what a great show that is! I really—that's everyone says. That. Yeah, that's yeah a
0: popular answer.
1: Big fan of Ozark. Uh, you know, just just trying to take in as many different shows as I possibly can. But uh, right now, it's I, I'm on the wire, uh, so uh, that, that's been that's been fun. Very nice.
0: Now uh, I know it's kind of crazy out there, but advice for staying sane during quarantine.
1: <laughs> uh, I I think walking outside if you can, uh, getting those walks in, uh, I've been doing that a lot. In fact, it it was getting out of hand there for a while. There was one day uh, that I got myself so far away from home that I had no choice uh, but to walk 15 miles in one day. (laughs) uh, (laughs) It took me like four hours and people thought I was crazy. and, And then I'm like, you know what, you're right, I am crazy. You know, I, I I shouldn't have walked that. And my foot is still hurting from that. But, yeah, I, I mean, some some days I'll walk a couple miles, some days more than that. But as long as the weather's good, get out, you know, get out there for a little bit and enjoy the some fresh air. You know, bring a mask just in case you get near anybody. But, it, you know, just make the best of it, really.
0: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And, look, we've been trying to get, get together for a long time. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, could you give me, uh, and they're into the stretch. Could you give me one, a little one?
1: And they're into the stretch. There we go,
0: ladies and gentlemen, Larry Colmas. Thank you, Larry, for coming in. I appreciate it. Um, it's It's been terrific, and uh, all, all the best out there in Jersey. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It was awesome having Larry on the show. You can follow Larry Colmas on Twitter, at Larry Colmas, and you can check him out. The first week of May on NBC announcing the Kentucky Derby. Uh, if you want to follow me along on Twitter and Instagram, it's at the Adam Lopez. And uh, if you don't mind, download, rate, and subscribe. Thanks, guys.